When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Happy Wednesday. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Alongside Mark Zeno, I'm Michelle Smallman. And you can always join the conversation on the Canty and Carlin call-in line. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Mark, we're going to dive into a lot of sports. We have a lot to get to today. A lot of news happening in the world of sports. But first and foremost, have you seen Barbie and or Oppenheimer? It's, it's taken over the entertainment world, both of these movies. Yeah, I, I haven't seen either, to be honest with you. I, I am not a huge go-to-the-movie-theater guy. Like, it's just not like... I have to be overwhelmed to want to go see something in the theater. So, I think the last movie I was actually in a theater for... Oh, God, I can't even remember. I know I, I saw Miracle twice in a theater back in the oh, day. That nice. I saw because I loved it. Um I can't even remember. Like, I take my kids to the movie theater, and I end up falling asleep. Like, I took them to the Super Mario Brothers movie, and I actually fell asleep to the whole thing. Like, Dad, you slept the whole movie? I'm like, yeah, I know. I mean, just because I'm not interested. But anyway, yeah, I, I probably will get to go see Oppenheimer. I probably, I've heard amazing things about it. I saw the trailer. I remember seeing the trailer at the Super Mario Brothers movie for Oppenheimer. I'm like, that looks good. I may watch that. So, yeah, you might get me to the theater on that one, but I haven't seen either. So, um, actually, I love your take there. Uh, movie theater, underrated place to catch a nap. You know, you're you're locked oh, into the screen. Awesome. It's it's climate controlled. A little cold in there. Very dark. I love that. That's a good place to take a nap. All right, I'm gonna, I might have to steal that from you. Well, let's get into the world of sports. We got some news yesterday. Saquon Barkley agreeing to a one year deal instead of playing on the $10.091 million franchise tender with the New York Giants. He got $2 million in an upfront upfront signing bonus, and he has $1 million available in incentives. The contract can reach up to $11 million. But, Mark, the kicker here, he didn't get any guarantees that the team would not use the franchise tag again next year on him, which was one of the things he was really unhappy about and why the team didn't agree to a long-term deal. Were you surprised that the Giants and Saquon Barkley were able to to reach an agreement after he had scrubbed his social media of all traces of the Giants, and he had, on the Money Matters podcast, said that one of his cards he had was to potentially sit out the entire year. Can we first just address the scrubbing of the social media thing by Saquon? Sure. Like, I'll, honestly, grow up. Like, what are you, a, a 13-year-old high school girl just got dumped? Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, what are we doing here? Like, I don't understand why that is the retort to, you know, uh, financial issues. I mean... There's nothing about a financial negotiation that's supposed to be pleasant. The ones that are pleasant usually are ones that are like at the very end of a career or, you know, the very first deal that's already slotted. I always knew Saquon was showing up. The world knew Saquon was showing up. Saquon knew Saquon was showing up, which is why he did all those things on social media and did all these podcasts because he knew he could say whatever he wants and he was still going to walk into camp. And I'm not saying he walked into camp like with his tail tucked between his legs or anything else. This is the nature of the franchise tag. It just mm-hmm. is what it is. So throwing a tantrum about it, in my opinion, not only as a like objective, you know, sports guy, but as a Giants fan, was stupid. It, w- it was just it was a waste of time and energy and effort. The only way Saquon can go out and get more money is to play and play better than he did last year. 
unfortunately, that's just the nature of the situation that he's in. So I think the Giants were were smart to give him more money, per se. I don't think it actually assuaged any feelings of angst he has towards them. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm asking you for – that's like going to your boss and saying, you know, I'd like a $10,000 raise, and they go, here's 500 bucks. And you're like, take your 500 and stick it with a sundown, Sean, because it doesn't mean anything. It's like, that doesn't, it, 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 your, your, your $500 peace offering means nothing to me. Right. So it, 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 I, it, I, I suppose they did it for whatever reason, to motivate him, if they will, and incentivize it. I don't know. But we all knew Saquon was going to be here. Saquon knew Saquon was going to be here, so this shouldn't surprise anybody. Well, why couldn't the Giants get a long-term deal done with Saquon Barkley? Here's their general manager, Joe Shane. Why wasn't it able to get done? Again, like, we... I swear we have it, Mark. <laughs> I guess sure. no. I wasn't able to oh, get there. done. Again, like we talked for over nine and a half months. We came to kind of a landing spot and they came to a landing spot and we couldn't we couldn't bridge the gap. And like I said, that's okay. Like Saquon has to do what's best with him, you know, for him and his family. And I respect the hell out of Saquon. And I'm never going to tell somebody to, to do something that they don't think is right. So again, I respect Saquon. I admire him. I'm glad he's here. Again, we weren't able to get something done long term, but he's here and again, fired up that he's going to be on the field today what else is he supposed to say mark i mean it i i love hearing gm and coach speak in situations like this because you think he's really going to go to the podium and say yeah huge win for us do you see the market we knew that we we weren't going to blink first while we love everything he gave gave to us in our organization we see how it's trending with running backs and we weren't going to pay him uh the amount of money that he wanted so it's a win for us of course he was going to say he respects saquon and and say all the right things you know yeah, and again, I'm with you. I think in general, when it comes down to you know, how these things are presented publicly, you want to try to put the best face on it all around. But you know, Saquon didn't get anything close to what he wanted, and the Giants didn't give up anything close to what they wanted. So this is pretty one-sided. Uh, and Saquon has every right to say, look, we couldn't get a deal done. I'm going to go play someplace else. I'm totally okay with him having that feeling. But now it's just about going out and playing ball. And honestly, i got to be honest with you, as a Giants fan, I wanted him to sit out all of training camp. I don't well, need that chandelier to get broken uh, <laughs> in a game that doesn't matter. That's what I'm – as a fan, I'm like, good, sit out till week one. I- I'm totally okay with it. You'll be ready. You'll be. I trust you. You're, you're a big boy. You know how to get ready for an NFL season. This is not your first year. Go train on your own. Go get ready. We'll see you come the last week of August, and we'll get ready for week one against Dallas. So I did a couple shows with Jordan Ronan, who covers the Giants for us here, mm-hmm. IDSPN, who's been all over this. And he kept hammering home the point that Saquon did not like the way he was being perceived during all of this. He did not like that he was being considered greedy in these negotiations or that he was not a team first guy. He even addressed it himself on the Money Matters podcast when he said, anybody who knows me knows that I want to play. I do not want to have to sit out. And I think the Giants, Mark, recognized that about him. And this was clearly a battle of who was going to blink first. Saquon was betting on himself. He knew that his his one card was to not play, try to sit out the entire season, remain healthy and then roll the dice but the Giants I think knew him better than he might have known himself in this situation and they I mean they use that to their advantage I never got that sense I'm, I'm wondering where I'm not doubting Jordan's sources because he's as close to the team as anybody or, or what he's saying but that feels like Saquon being emotional to me like how, how were you portrayed you were portrayed like an NFL player who wants the most money they can get that's normal we all expect that no no real understanding fan of sports in America today 
thinks that players shouldn't fight for every cent that they get. Of course they should. And I'm pro-player. That's go, whether I think you're worth the value of the contract you get doesn't matter. That's not the issue. You go get as much money as you infinitely can for as long as you can in professional sports because it's a fleeting, it's a fleeting career. It's going to end someday, and the money's not going to be there anymore. So I totally understand that. I don't think Saquon was ever portrayed as greedy. I think he wanted what he wanted, which was market value. I don't think he ever asked above market. I mean, unless he's reading too much social media and, and fans reacting to stupid stuff. I mean, th- then get out of your feelings, man. Put the phone down and, and, and focus on things that are important. Well, if you are scrubbing your social media to make a point, you're probably reading your well, mentions, yeah. Mark. You, pr- you know you what I mean? Fair. Very you, you're probably yes. seeing people say you're, you're greedy and you need to play. <laughs> I mean, that's just natural. Well, here's Joe Shane again, Giants general manager, on how Saquon and the club came to terms on that one-year deal. You don't spend nine and a half months on this if, if you don't want to get something done. So as, as soon as the, the deadline passed, you know, I called his representative and said, okay, it's, it's like, that's all in the past. There's nothing we can do about it. What we can focus on is how to get Saquon here on Tuesday. So that was our main focus for the rest of the time. And I commend, you know, Ed Berry and CAA. And, you know, again, we, you know, a lot of communication back and forth and phone calls and spitballing, you know, different ideas and um, just really excited and glad that we were able to get Saquon one here um, yesterday the one thing that stands out to me and you hear Joe Shane say well how can we do it? how can we make this better how can we get Saquon in here like the way that this gets made better for Saquon is all on Brian Dable right because mm-hmm. he can give him extra days off at camp he can give him a little bit of for lack of a better term preferential treatment here and make him feel appreciated by the guys in that locker room, by the coaching staff on the field. Because guess what? The coaches really have nothing to do with this contract, right? Right. All they do is control when and where he gets the ball. So what Dayball can do in this scenario to make it better for him is give him the best year possible, feed him as much as possible, let him go earn as much as he can on the open market next year, even though it might be with another team. But that's the way to make this better, is to give Saquon what he wants from a football standpoint, and some of that contract stuff at least gets in the rearview mirror quicker. I think the problem for running backs is they're realizing though if they get those touches, if they get those yards, if their if their numbers go up, it almost devalues them the next year because all of these front offices are looking at the analytics and they're saying, well, there's kind of a tipping point. Once these backs hit certain points in their career, that's when we start to see this erosion and that's when we can plug and play with a fresh running back. And and that's why I think all of those guys got on that call because they realized that it's it's working against them to be productive, which is actually actually crazy it is but i again and i made a long i made a short list here michelle of people and and individuals that running backs should be mad at Mm -hmm. about their situation and their market value but nfl owners and nfl gms shouldn't be on that list because it's not their fault all they're doing is reacting accordingly to a market that has moved and they it's it's as simple as like if everybody decided you know, for whatever reason, if, if we saw more value in, let's just say, Pepsi over Coke, and everybody started investing in Pepsi, like, it's, it, it's nobody, you can't get mad. Coke can't get mad because the market moved to a different direction. And that's what happened with running backs. The market moved to a different direction. We're a passing league. We have, we have r- teams that run the ball with running back by committee and five and six different guys that do it and produce numbers. We have, you know, uh, uh, rules that are p- positioned for the quarterback to throw the ball. We have all these things in place that take away from a running back's value. That's not the, the owners and the GM's fault. They are just following what the market says and reacting accordingly. 
He's Mark Zeno. I'm Michelle Smallman. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Justin Herbert, he has gotten paid a landmark five-year, $262.5 million extension that ties him to the Chargers through the 2029 season. The Chargers have been penciling the numbers. They knew it was going to be a big number, and they prepared for it. From their side and from Justin Herbert's side, he just wanted a deal done. He just wanted to go out there and play football. The Chargers also came to the table with a deal that was north of everybody else and made it pretty easy for them to say, all right, let's go to training camp. And Mark, we knew this was coming. Now it's official. Justin Herbert and the Chargers agreed to a five-year, $262.5 million deal. This deal keeps the 25-year-old quarterback under contract through the 2029 season. It includes a no-trade clause, $133.7 million in full guarantees, and $193.7 million in injury guarantees. This makes Justin Herbert the highest-paid player in NFL history. He surpassed Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson, who both signed extensions earlier this offseason. Your reaction when you heard that this was the figure for Justin Herbert and the Chargers? A lot of money for a guy who blew a 30-point lead in a playoff game. Um, <laughs> I kid. No, I kid. I, I mean, I, I always put this in the prism of, you know, how the, the you get to this point from the standpoint of, like, what did other quarterbacks do and what have they gotten and where is – that market, so to speak. I mean, I, I think Jalen Hurts was the highest-paid quarterback in the league for 10 days, and then Lamar Jackson became the highest-paid quarterback, then he was the highest-paid quarterback for 89 days until Justin Herbert got his. And I would say this. I would ask the question, why was Lamar Jackson's negotiation so contentious for so long, and yet Justin Herbert seemed to be handed the largest deal in NFL history? Through that prism, um, what exactly has... Justin Herbert accomplished that Lamar Jackson hasn't, or what has Lamar Jackson not done that Justin Herbert has that got him this deal? It's interesting because the Chargers have always been a little bit, I don't want to say stingy is not the right word. They've been very selective in who they've chosen to pay over the years and why. Mm-hmm. I get, and I love Justin Herbert. If you guys heard my quarterback list, you know how much I love Justin Herbert. And for my money, from a talent standpoint, if he's not one, he's number two from a talent standpoint, at the position of quarterback in the NFL. So I think he's deserving of this. But it's also interesting that you have your same thing, your star running back chirping about how much running backs aren't getting paid, and you won't even have a conversation with him yet. Here you go, Justin Herbert. Here is your $252 million. So uh, it's to me, you had to sign him long term. I'm just surprised to a certain extent that I know the, the next guy always gets paid more, but I didn't think the Chargers would actually get here this quickly. I personally, I think I would have made them wait it out a little longer. I would have made them wait one more year. Because, again, this is not supposed to be easy. But if you wait longer, that number is only going to continue to go up. It's in their benefit to get it done now because Joe Burrow is going to be the next guy up. He's going to get more than Justin Herbert. If that domino fell first, he's done more than Justin Herbert has in his career. And then Justin Herbert would be viewing what the market was set with with Joe Burrow. And the the Chargers had no choice here but to do this. He's 25 years old. Uh, through his first three seasons, he's been amazing. 14,089 passing yards, which is the most through a player's first three seasons in NFL 
NFL history. The offense that he led scored 1,233 points during the first three years. That's the most in NFL history during a three-year span. He's he's young. He's talented. The reason the Chargers have not had more success is not because of Justin Herbert. It's because no, of coaching decisions. Right. It's because of other components on the team. They know that their ability to win solely hinges on him being happy. And if you can get this done before Joe Burrow, I think it's a win for the Chargers. When you play for Anthony Lynn and Brandon Staley, you're automatically climbing uphill with a boulder in front of you. That's just a fact of the matter. But I would argue this, Michelle. If, as you just said, Joe Burrow has accomplished more than he has. If Joe Burrow got his deal first, wouldn't the Chargers be able to walk into his agent and go, well, that guy's got us to a Super Bowl. Your guy just blew us a 30-point lead against Jacksonville. Why should I pay you as much as him? He's got one, two, three, four, four playoff wins under his record already. You made a playoffs once and lost the game. Like, this is how these negotiations go. The idea, and this is why you have an agent, right? I have one. I don't know if you have one. But it's because you don't want to hear somebody crap on everything that you've done and point out all the things that you didn't do in a room to assign value to what you're worth. And if, if Burrow got his done first, see, now this kind of, you know, screws the Cincinnati Bengals. Because now Burrow goes, look at that guy just got. He hasn't done anything close to what I've done. So if you want my guy to repeat that same thing for you and not go through this long, contentious thing, you're going to pay him more. It, 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 the, the Bengals are the ones who got the raw end of the stick on this. I would have waited again. I think, you, I think you have to wait as long as you can. And I understand the money goes up, but I think you have to wait as long as you can within the realm of the market not being reset by guys who have done more than you have. But if they wait another year and he has an, another great year well, and continues gamble, to right? improve, like you yes, hope that he gamble. does. I mean, this is a team that's hoping to be in the playoffs. They hope that he, he surpasses what he did last year. They're not hoping that he regresses so they can save money. They want, I mean, Brandon Staley's job is likely on the line. They're, they're not hoping that Justin Herbert takes a step back so they can save some money or that, no. you know, they, they're going to, and by the way, if I'm Joe Burrow's representation, or excuse me, Justin Herbert's representation and they're saying, well, Joe Burrow did more than you did. I'd say, okay, great. Well, then why don't why don't I take my chances on the market and you go ahead and try to find another quarterback? You want to draft somebody else? That's a 50-50 gamble at best. You know how many young guys? Do? Kyler Murray was drafted, right? Now we're wondering if this is his last year when he comes back healthy in Arizona. How many guys does it not work out for? You think there's somebody out there better? You want to hit the restart button? You go right ahead. I'll take my chances. No, and that's what they're saying totally to the Chargers, fair. you know? I mean, the best example of this was, was Joe Flacco, and I covered those negotiations in Baltimore very closely. A guy who didn't sign the deal, that was offered a deal, they almost got to the five-yard line here and almost pushed it across, and at the last second it fell through, and Flacco went out and played the final year of his deal, and what did he do? He won a Super Bowl. Yeah. And it cost the Ravens $30 million more. Like, you know, that, and that was back in 2012. You know, we're, we're talking over 10 years ago, but, you know, you don't see that as much anymore. That particularly the position of quarterback, guys are willing to gamble on themselves to play one more year at a high level and, and, and then be able to really make, make it so that there is no argument against what their value is. He's Mark Zeno. I'm Michelle Smallman. Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. And coming up next, how deep of a playoff run do the Cowboys need to have in order for Mike McCarthy to maintain his job security? We're going to get into that after Mark has this word from Indeed. If the July heat's making you sweat your staffing situation, then visit Indeed. To their end-to-end hiring solution is the number one source for hires in the United States, according to Talent Nest. When you sponsor a job, you'll get matched instantly with candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. And you can even earn up to $500 in sponsored job credits when you conduct virtual interviews on the website. Terms and conditions apply. Get started at Indeed.com slash credit. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply now let's talk about the play of the week the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team hypnotic was in the cup blue and ready for the play and Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Aquan Barkley and the Giants agreeing to terms on a one-year deal worth up to $11 million. Hey, it's Saquon Barkley and a bag of chips. That's your offense. Without him, who are you? This is a running back issue. This isn't a Saquon Barkley issue. He could be the MVP of the league this year, and yet his value will diminish. He will be worth less a year from now than he will be now. That is the lot in life of an NFL running back. Alongside Mark Zeno, I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And let's continue that conversation about Saquon Barkley with our ESPN NFL analyst, Herm Edwards, who joins us now. Herm, thank you so much for the time. And let's let's start there with Saquon. So we know he and the Giants agreed to that one-year deal. It was about 10 months of back and forth between the Giants and Saquon. From an, from an NFL head coaching perspective, when Whenever you have a player who's going through contract negotiations like that, how do you handle that as a head coach? Well, you're in constant communication with that player, and you tell players uh, prior to them negotiating or trying to work a deal out that don't get football and business mixed up. There's a business side of it. And then you tell your team, watch players that are in negotiation how they handle their business. Because the last thing you want as an organization for it to get into the locker room and you're at, at, uh, having to answer questions from the media about, well, what's about the contract situation? You see what the player said? He wants this. Don't, don't bring that to the locker room. It's business. And that's the hard part of football. There's a business side of it 
has nothing to do with your team, has nothing to do with you as a person, that's the hard part. And that's where you try to negotiate with the player. Hey, look, I'm the coach. I want you to get as much as you can. But eventually, you're a football player. Coach, to that end, you just started to answer my question in a sense that the way this, I think, gets smoothed over is for Brian Dayball to increase his relationship with Saquon Barkley, to make it easier for him, give him extra days off at camp, not work him as hard, and then when the season comes, make him a central focal point of the offense, give him the carries he needs, design plays that get him where he's going. I I mean, I think there is a sense where you can make some of that angst go away as a head coach if you continue to foster and develop that relationship both on and off the field as a head coach. Am I wrong? No, that's correct. And you think about the runner. We had this come up when I was in Kansas City with Larry Johnson. He was going through this. And I called him every other day. I was, I was well aware of what we were trying to do with an organization, but I also am the head coach. And you're connected to these players. You've you got to stand before them every day. You've got to coach them. So they've got to know that, hey, look, I'm feeling what you're feeling. Just, it'll get worked out. And, you know, you don't want to get involved in it. You don't want to be the middleman. You just want to make sure the player's okay. Now, Saquon, is, you know, he's a little bit different in the sense. You know the character of the person and that eventually, you know what, uh, he's going to come in. Because that's, he's about team. He's about football. And I think when you think about in today's world as a football player, you realize this. The quarterback's going to get paid. He's going to get paid. I mean, he's the guy. You pay three guys on offense now. It's the quarterback, the left tackle, and either a wide receiver or a tight end that's pretending he's a tight end, but he's really a wide receiver. And then you're going to pay the rusher that can knock the quarterback down, and you're going to pay a corner. That's where the money's going. So the quarterbacks really have taken money from the linebacker, inside interior offensive lineman, and the, and the running back. That money is going to the quarterback now. There's a salary cap. They only have so much money. They can't pay everybody. You know that. And you're well aware of that. But the quarterback, if he's your guy, when he hits that second contract, you're saying, this guy's going to be here for 10 years. All right? I mean, you, look, Aaron Rodgers is 39 years old. Stafford's 35 years old. We watched, you know, Captain America play till it, almost into his, into his 40s. So when you feel like you have your quarterback, he's going to get a bite of the apple maybe three times. A running back, you're going to get a bite of the apple maybe twice, maybe, because of the position you play. Herm, Justin Herbert just ate the whole apple. He agrees to a no. five, five-year contract, $262.5 million. He becomes the highest-paid player in the NFL. We know the production that he's had in his young career. We know the talent that he possesses. When you look at the team around him, though, the Chargers, now that, that Herbert is paid, the, the pressure's on them to have success. Do you think this is a team that we could see make some noise in the playoffs this year? They can if they stay healthy and here again. You forgot about the other guy on that team, Eckler. He didn't get mm-hmm. paid either. Right. What position does he play? Money back. He, he's the most unique player they have, right? But they have players, Mike Williams, uh, Keenan Allen. Uh, they just drafted the big, fast receiver, Johnson. Uh, so this offense is, 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 is electric. Their problem, historically, they can't seem to stay healthy. They're always hurt. The Chargers are always hurt. Those players are always hurt for some reason. And if they could just collectively stay together, they got a chance to challenge anyone in that division. They have a chance to challenge the Chiefs. They're good enough offensively. There's no doubt about that. And defensively, they got some, they got some stars on defense as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. 
Herm, you know, we heard coming in Stephen A. Smith say the Giants offense was Saquon Barkley in a bag of chips. I would contend that that's one that's not actually true, but two, isn't it incumbent on Brian Dable now in the second year with Daniel Jones to make him the bigger, more focal part of the offense? Like the Giants offense and and Daniel Jones have to grow where it isn't Saquon Barkley as the main focal point. Isn't uh, isn't there more – we don't talk about enough pressure on Dayball and Jones to be able to elevate this offense to another level? Well, you make a great point, and you look in free agency what they went out and did. They signed, what, three receivers, a tight end, two tight ends, actually traded for Waller. Uh, and then in draft, um, they draft Hyatt, another wide receiver. So they have to be more explosive on offense. They were 26 passing the football. Good versus the run. Why? Because of who? Barkley. Look, look when you look at his numbers, he had 352 touches. 352 total touches in running the ball and receiving the ball. He touched the ball more than anybody. Why should he? Because he's your best player. But with that being said, paying the quarterback now, there's no more 15 touchdown passes. That ain't going to get it because they're in a division where they're playing two of the hottest offenses in football, the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. You're going to have to score points. And I'm a defensive guy. Much as you want to play defense, that's great. But it helps your defense when you can have points and you have leads because then the opponent becomes predictable. They're trying to catch up. That's what you want on defense. You want them to try to catch up and then go close the game out with your defense. So – yeah, they they got to be more they got to be more efficient on offense. They need more speed on this team. Last year, this team didn't have a lot of overall speed. They didn't have people to scare you. Our ESPN NFL analyst Herm Edwards joining us here on Canty and Carlin. And Herm, we're doing two a days here on ESPN Radio, where we mm-hmm. examine two NFL teams each day. One of the teams today is the Denver Broncos. So we have to ask you the biggest mm-hmm. question facing that team: Do you think Sean Payton can quote unquote fix Russell Wilson? Do you think we'll see a bounce back year from him? I would hope because this is why Sean Payton took the job for two reasons. Look, I, I, first of all, <laughs> the owner paid him a lot of money. Um, <laughs> They've got to play off defense, and he can do whatever he wants. He knows that. And I think if you're Russell Wilson, you want your career resurrected, you've got to get the right guy to resurrect it. With that being said, if Russell Wilson doesn't play well, they'll be getting a new quarterback, and Sean Payton knows that. They, they play in a tough division, obviously. You've got the Chiefs sitting there. We just talked about the Chargers. Uh, the Raiders lost nine games by one score, um, and this team was the worst in the division with a one in five record. So there's a lot to get done here, but I do believe that um, they will be better. He's our ESPN NFL analyst, Herm Edwards. Herm, great information. Thank you so much for the time. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Alongside Mark Zeno, I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And coming up next, pork chops and hair. Yes, we are putting those two things together, and you'll find out why. Keep it here on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. 
better because it has to be. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. I wouldn't say we've talked things through, but we've talked. It's not about that anymore. It's about moving, you know, towards the season and setting our goals of what we want to do. We want to bring a, a Lombardi trophy here. So I say when it's family matters, like, y'all don't always get along. And me and him never did not get along. Before we get into the Buffalo Bills and the tension between Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen, Mark Zeno, I'm Michelle Smallman, it's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. We got to talk about pork chops. I ha- I ha- I'm having a bit of an issue here, and I need to bring you in on it and get your take. Is that all right? Uh, go for it. So I went to lunch today. Uh, I'm based in New York City. And, you know, in a lot of places in New York, it's small. You're, you're fitting a lot of people in a lot of real estate in one tiny island, right, in Manhattan. And so a lot of times you're in small restaurants. And I went to lunch, shared some pork chops with a friend. They were absolutely sensational. And uh, the scent from the pork chops is in my hair. A lot of, of females, you know, our hair attracts scent. I don't know if it's the follicles. I don't know if it's the shampoo you use or the hairspray or whatever. But, you know, if you're at a bonfire, your hair is going to smell like a bonfire. I had pork chops for lunch and my hair reeks of pork chops right now. And I don't know if that's amazing or if it's completely disgusting. And I need you to put on your white wig and weigh in on this. All right. Well, one, number one, you might be one of the first females I've ever met to actually sit down in a restaurant and order a pork chop. <laughs> uh, Why that not? is They're not delicious. typically part of the. Uh, they are delicious, but I'm just saying, I, I have not. Chop. I've been on a lot of dates over the course of my life, and never as a girl said, you know, I think I'll have the pork chop. Um, that's probably not the road it ever goes down. So I'm not your average you girl, okay? Chop. I'm not your average girl. I never girl. thought you were, Michelle. I mean, you, you, are, you are rare, like your pork <laughs> chop should be. Um, but that said, you know, after you order the pork chop, and it is delicious. The fact that you smell like that could be quite the aphrodisiac uh, unexpectedly for many a man. I mean, yes, you know, if, if you're coming in for a gentle embrace to say hello or goodbye or whatever it is and you get a waft, um, that is something that would stay with me, you know. Um, and it really kind of depends. I think, you know, if, if you're slovenly looking and smell like a pork chop, you're kind of like, yeah, <laughs> she smell like a pork chop. But... If you are put together and attractive and everything else, wow, she smelled like a pork chop. I mean, you know, it's all, it's all perspective. Um, I don't know if we're going to rush out to make any pork chop scented perfume or any pork chop scented, you know, shampoo to leave that in your hair. But uh, I would think that a pork chop scented uh, uh, woman doesn't necessarily uh, mean that she is not of a high standard, high caliber woman. So I, I give you a thumbs up for the, for the hair smelling pork chop. I love the fact that Mark was like, oh, wow, she smells like a pork chop. <laughs> 
Okay, I mean, but but that my follow-up but question like, is like, 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 anytime you get near a woman, it's like the last thing you would expect a woman a to smell cow. like, right? <laughs> Yeah, but I mean roses, strawberries, you know, exactly. you know, some sort of feminine goo, whatever it may be. But pork chop wasn't on the list. So that that got me thinking. We have all of these perfumes at our disposal. They smell like flowers. They smell like vanilla. Some may have hints of orange in there. Whatever. So if you are trying to attract people, a lot of people eat meat. A lot of people love the smell of a steak on the grill. Why have we not had colognes or perfumes that smell like steak or pork chops? I'm good. I'm just kind of surprised, Mark. Yeah, I mean, you know, my fear would be is if you did have that, you you, you might be walking down the street and a pack of dogs might be, you know, trailing (laughs) closely behind you. Um, It's like that Seinfeld episode where he's got the mutton in the pocket and all the animals are following Elaine around because he put the mutton left over. So that would be my concern is is from that standpoint. But, you know, uh, and, and after a while, it might start to get it might start to wear on you, the smell of a pork chop. You know, I mean, it's like. How much can your neighbor cook broccoli and, and you smell it, you know, and like, oh, my God, they're cooking again. You're just like, OK, I've had enough of this. So uh, once in a while, a, a little spritz of pork chop smell wafting yeah. through the air might might be enticing. But uh, on a routine, uh, it might be a little bit of a turnoff. Just a, str- a sprinkle of pork chop. OK, well, the smell of meat might be wearing on some, but uh, Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, they, they were reportedly wearing on one another this offseason. We had heard reports of the tension between the two. We didn't know about the status of Stefan Diggs and the Buffalo Bills, but he spoke about the relationship that he has with Josh Allen today at training camp. Jeff, are you and Josh good? Yeah, yeah, that's my guy. Like, that's why I say when it's family matters, like, me and him have a conversation. Like, I don't know, if you got kids or you have, like, siblings, like, y'all don't always get along. And me and him never did not get along. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's still been, that's still been my guy. That's always going to be my guy. So, uh, yeah, we're fine. So what do you think, Mark? Do you think that he's telling the truth? Do you think this was just a little bit of a family squabble and it's all good? Or do you think he's just saying that publicly? Maybe a combination of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly Stefan was upset about something that was football related, right? Because if it wasn't football related, it doesn't make headlines. Um, it, you know, it's as simple of simple as, hey, you know, Stefan had this thing going on away from football, and we all wish him well, kind of deal. That's that's not really how it went down. So clearly, there was something football related. Now they may have squashed it and moved on, um, but I would also argue that. This might be a great year to bet on Stephon Diggs because mm. when a wide receiver squeaks, they get grease, and, and that's really what it boils down to here. And maybe that's really what it is in the key moments in big games. He didn't get the ball and, and wants it more, and I think that you know this is the time to, to really, for both of these guys, Diggs and Josh Allen, to take this team to the next level because they failed to do it so far. Yeah, the pressure is on. You, you've been in the conversation. You've been on the cusp for several years now. It's time to break through. And, Mark, I'm one of the, these people that I think – conflict and tension can be good. I think if you are feeling a certain type of way and you air it out, even if it takes you a little bit to get over it, the fact that it's been exposed and you're not harboring those feelings, I think that that could be productive. He's Mark Zeno. I'm Michelle Smallman. Coming up next on Canty and Carlin, Mike McCarthy or Dak Prescott? Who has more at stake this season? We're going to talk about it next on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.